Welcome to the Solution of Real Estate Podcast, where myself, Phil Sexton, and my co-host, Jeff Seabach, come together with a glass table and a couple of microphones between us to talk about what timely topics have come across our desk in the wonderful world of real estate. We do this with a live studio audience via Zoom. If you want to join our live studio audience, like Eric, like Bernadette, like Adam, like Nina, like Linda from Vegas have done, then go to realestateleopard.com. And we've got a box you can put your phone number in so that we'll text you the link when we go live. But today's topic is a little bit, a little bit. I, I like this it's, topic. It's Jeff. edgier. Yeah. It's how agents get paid for adding listings to the MLS. Wow. So first I, of all, is it possible today? Do we get a check when we enter our listings? Since Adams are managers, do checks show up when we list houses in MLS today? Unfortunately not. No, no, no. that is not a money-making activity. Okay. That is not a dollar producing so activity. This is a futuristic podcast. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, right, future. Right, right. So this podcast is talking about um, actually, I think the reason why we're on this topic now is because the RISO conference that just happened last the week. Real, okay, so those of, the, those of you that are not tech geeks, there's an organization out there called the Real Estate Standards Organization, a la RISO, Real Estate Standards Organization, R-E-S-O. that is um, supported by NAR or funded by NAR. And their goal is to, because we have about 600 different MLSs around the country and all the MLSs are on different platforms and <laughs> their goal is to get everybody standardized, to use one common language, right? Because, you know, if anyone's been listening to this podcast for any length of time, they know that I am just disgusted with the level of technology in the business. So obviously we are pro for it their drive to try and standardize it and to get to a certain level of technology. Cause that's what it is, is there's a lot of laggards in MLS, a lot of old software. And I actually thought that our software is old because I've been using it for 14 years and it hasn't been updated. I don't know if I'm calling the kettle black there or not, but you know, my computer that I use, I had to throw out once it became more than eight years old. So 14 years old, you know, but so this idea came up, meaning where we learned this conversation is because we attended the RISO conference and the we started looking online and we found what, Phil? <laughs> we found conversations from, in, from the RISO CEO, from the FBS CEO, the FlexML, who... Flex MLS is the system, is the software that we use in the Phoenix marketplace. And it's used in other marketplaces And other marketplaces across the country. So their owner, Mike Werzer, was talking about it. Rob Hahn, which is a national industry. Who Uh, I had dinner with on Thursday night. Yes, he's talking about the conversation as well. And that is that the RISO initiative to make data standard across the country is going to NAR's mid-year conference to be voted on. Okay, and so they are going to finally make a vote on oh, the no, fact that on. they 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 came out with the the MLSs came out with the I think it's the Council of MLS CMLS CMS has come out with something called what's the they're they they the docket leap leap okay right L E A P yeah I don't is, know that, I don't know that acronym okay but leap is a movement which 
in the world of MLSs, because there's 600 of them, not everybody's on the same page, but this movement from the council, which is the chosen elites of everybody in MLSs, um, they, they wanted to advance the language and push, basically force all the people that were not keeping up with the standards. And because they're going to make a major vote, because it has to go to NAR, and there's four different levels of NAR ending in the executive committee all voting, because you have the the brokers council and the blah 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 council that votes and when you go when you i mean it's complex it's no wonder why we're not moving anywhere because really i don't know how anything gets through the 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 gauntlet of like there's just no way right <laughs> anyway but they said if we're going to redo that we have to make a decision of should we because the people that are pushing leap to standardize the language if i'm understanding right have not considered adding a license. A license? A license to use the data. Okay. Right? Because they, they compare it to, uh, the, what they do is they compare MLSs and around the country to a town. And they're saying that the, you know, should there be a fee for using the town, the roads, right? Like it's not common that every city has, our city does not. Does Arizona we have roads? Tell roads. Toll, toll roads? roads? Oh. When I go to California. Toll roads. And I want to drive on the toll road, I pay the toll fee. Actually, fast track? Yeah, fast track. Yeah. But I have a Tesla, so they don't charge me as much. So, Great. Yeah. But the but the point of it is, is that should there, because this conversation of getting paid, how would it occur, would come from a <clears throat> license. All right. So, and the way that I kind of understand all of this coming down is that because Leap and Riso and the and the and NAR is going to be presented with voting on standardizing the data, what Mike Werzer has come out to say is if you're going to put something in front of NAR for a vote, which is obviously very hard to get things moved through NAR with votes of, you know, to move things forward, he says, don't just standardize the data, you're missing the piece, you're, which is where you brought up licensing. He's like, why don't we also include licensing agreements, licensing uh, contracts for how that data is gonna be used? Meaning it's great to standardize it so that everybody can use it. But if your business is to provide um, backend tools to real estate brokerages, then your licensing fee would be X. If your business is to use that data to do lead generation to compete with listing agents, let's just call that like realtor.com, for example, then your licensing fee should be Y. And what I think our push with Real Estate Leopard is, is that the licensing fees that he's talking about, which we support, I don't think go far enough. What we would like to see is that those licensing fees don't just go back to the brokerages, that provide the listings into the MLS, but that those licensing fees actually make it all the way down to the realtor who's in the living room that is taking the listing. That's where we came up with the title well, today, well, well, the is how do we get paid for putting our data? If our data is so valuable that we put it into the MLS and now we've got these 
licensing fees that these companies are willing to pay, I'm guessing millions of dollars to aggregate all of this data to create these big lead gen systems, then how is it not fair that the realtor that's in the living room that gets that listing is the one that actually sees some of that revenue? Well, I'll take the other side of that because their argument is, is that it is fair because you actually, when you take an agreement, it's with the broker, not with the agent. So then it comes down to that argument of, wait a minute, why is the only recognized component of the real estate system as far as agents, teams, or brokers, meaning brokers, because I believe that when that agreement, much like the, you know, the Congress and all that, that agreement was made a long time ago, and there wasn't teams. And there wasn't elite agents. I mean, there was obviously elite agents, but the elite agents did 25 deals or 30 deals and you were elite. Now the elite agents, if you go to Real Trends, does 300, 400. So it increases their influence without any recognition. And that's what we're pushing with Leopard is because who owns the data, right? So because in today's world, it's kind of like college athletics where you can just enter the transfer portal to move from one college to the other. And now everybody's running all over the place. It is easy to move brokerages. I mean, there's more difficulty the longer you've been there, but it's not hard to, I mean, I was fired in, in an overnight thing and I was asked to leave my brokerage, meaning it's not like it's difficult to leave brokerages. So if someone wasn't getting recognition from their, for that, cause it's, cause it's all about contribution. Okay. And then it's about aggregation. <laughs> well, all right. So but uh, what, to start this argument, right. I, but to clarify for the I'm trying to, I'm we, trying to, we, I'm trying to consume what you're saying yeah. so that well, I can help. Clarify. Okay. Let's start. First of all, let's talk about 2006. The because this is not a new concept. They had this choice before, and that's if you've ever heard me say it. It's they gave away the keys to the castle is usually what it starts with when I'm talking. Okay, and that's why everybody's listening today is because lots of people are making money off of our like we spend money to get listings. And then someone else gets the more benefit from those listings from the aggregation of the data than we do. Yeah. But the guy at Remax, the general counsel said, it's basically this. Prior at the time, let's just say, everybody familiar with potluck? Has anyone been to a potluck? I've been to a potluck. Bernadette, yeah. can you raise your yeah. hand? You've been to a potluck? Right. Bernadette hosts potlucks. <laughs> no, no, okay. no I'm right. wrong. If, if we invited you to a potluck, what dish would you make? I'm trying to read her lips Potato because she's trying salad, she's, the oh, no, no, green bean casserole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you're next. Dennis, hold on, Bernadette. Barbecue ribs. Barbecue ribs. Oh, she's coming to our potluck. What is it Friday yet? Because Friday <laughs> in our office, we want you to come over and make some barbecue ribs. Because that sounds awesome. I love that. Eric, what's your potluck? Yeah, and, hey, quick
The only thing that comes to mind is deviled eggs, but I can't eat them because we, 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 we love deviled eggs. We love deviled eggs. Eggs, yes. He, what a selfless thing to bring to a potluck. He can't Something eat them. You can't eat. I know, but I love deviled eggs. I do and too. He, he must have heard. I did them all my life, and then I had, and then I had an unfortunate incident when I was in the car business, and I Riverside Auto Watch in Mannheim. They were giving out all these deviled eggs all the time. Well, I went to In-N-Out afterwards and got pink lemonade. And pink lemonade and deviled eggs do not mix. But, noted. And I got very... You, know, <laughs> you even got Brandy and Linda to laugh on that one, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I right. got very sick the next day and a half. Linda, how about you? Are you bringing pink lemonade to the potluck? No, not now. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm bringing enchiladas and margaritas. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I can. I, I, did you eat lunch yet? I am hungry. I mean, yes. this is great. Wow. Right? All right. Well, Nina, what are you going to bring? Beer and chili con queso. Beer and chili con queso. We're going. I love the Mexican theme. I know. I love, Wait, yeah, we're, we're right. You're right we're, now. We're, you're writing a menu right well, now. Yeah, I got. I got. Are you getting barbecue ribs? You, Enchiladas. Are you originally from beer? Texas, Bernadette? Now Philadelphia. Oh, me too. Philadelphia. Oh, all right. Good deal. Stuff. All right. Okay. But anyway, so the Remax General Council, just to bring it all together for people, said there's two kinds of people at our party. There are the people that bring the dishes and they use it to obviously service the everybody that comes. Like you're you like the idea of the people that bring the dishes is they were using the data to help their existing clients. Okay, that's okay. the that's the dish people. Yeah. And now we're letting people that are not bringing dishes we're letting them bring a fork. Ah, uh, that's not, that's the opposite of Eric. Right, right. This is the complete opposite of Eric, where there's people that are bringing the fork where they're just using it. And those people are using it for client acquisition, not client servicing. And yes. they, they call those, the, the, the Remax guys, those are the fork people, is that this agreement didn't distinguish who has got the fork? Because is it unfair to the dish people that are like as conceivably Keller Williams, Remax, EXP, uh, West, West, USA. U West USA? We're all bringing our listings, which is bringing our dishes to the, the party. Yep. And then they're taking the data and making the agreement to send it out without any compensation. And then they're using it to acquire customers. Let's to just compete co with the people who have brought the dishes. Right. Because we actually also a little bit, you know, because he was like, well, you know, as long as you're bringing lots of dishes to the party, I don't think it's so bad if you're using it to bring on clients because you're bringing dishes and everybody's getting the benefit from your listings. So then they get the also benefit of, of client acquisition and nobody cares. But now we'll go with Homelight and Rear.com and Zillow are... Um, maybe not are using it more for client acquisition. Um, homes.com now that it was purchased by um, CoStar, CoStar yeah. right? Like these companies, you know, should there be a license is where our conversation is now fully gotten to. Yes. 
And the challenge is that. And thank the, you for Mike Wurzer for recommending it. Dude, Mike Wurzer, I mean, that's the thing is when you hear it out there, when you see it out there, you're like, yes, this is a piece of the puzzle that we have been pushing for, right? Where can, but we don't want it to stop at the broker level. That's it. I mean, ultimately, what would happen if it, if that, like, if licensing gets included in that vote? Like, let's just the say, brokers would let's make just more say money. the magic. The magic happens where the brokers make more money, but then the smart brokers or the new broker models or the ones that actually bring that money in would then pass it along, pass along that savings or that money in some form or fashion to their listing agents. Okay, but what I think would happen is unless it, the rules prohibit it, I think there's going to be a a different thing that's going to happen as well as that. Okay, and that is not that you thought that 110 broker offices across the United States 110. 110,000. 110,000. Okay. Is that right? Is that it? It's like a, it's, a, it's roughly around, yeah. it's a roughly around 100,000. So there's 100,000 bro- would actually go up, not down, is what I think would happen. Because then everybody, because as a broker, whatever you supply, you're going to get credit for. Mm. So it's going to, it would push oh, more people. It would push more teams to become boutique brokers. Right. Because now you're not getting the value. Right. But the, but, oh, well, maybe but that's the sales point too. Yeah, but the big brokers are going to, that's why the big brokers are going to share it because they don't want to lose the teams. It will force the hand. Right. No, but that's the action. I was just bringing out different ideas that would, you yeah. know, were, were futuristic. This is all futuristic. Right. Because Mike, what Michael's pushing for is... Just that licensing exists and we're for it. We think that that's a good idea. I know, but there's another point to this that we haven't discussed. Let's hear it. And that's Michael's argument is the data alone, right? Like if you have 10 listings. Like my one listing. Let's just say my one. Like Let's just say the CBOC team's 236 listings last year. Okay. Okay. Because there was 10,000 or 100,000 listings we're still a very small piece of this very, very, very massive pie. Yes. So um, our 236, he he said, you know, is not valuable. Correct. Right. So he said, because it's the aggregation of the data that leads to the multiple of the what is value value, right it multiplies the value so then right now well the crazy part about it is right now all the 600 different mls's all have data that they send out with different quirks about them different definitions different fields different this different that that's why we need resale so if you're exactly if you're the national portals like i don't know let's call them realtor.com or home light you've got to and you want to consume the data from all 600 you've got to have programmers that are constantly watching how these 600 different mls's update tweak change what their data fields are so that your tool works and if you think about it if resale comes out and is successful at standardizing that the value of standardized national data when you think about it from an aggregate standpoint yeah now that's not just the rmls it's an aggregate it's the country that all listens to the same rules the value of that thing just goes like like yeah, home prices I, I, in I'm, I'm not as bullish on that i'm, oh, glad, dude, I'm glad you are yes because the well the, it's easy the whole to, push forward is to advance technology technological I know, but, but choice the, tools the, the, from what it's i too have, expensive to be okay to but, be in all the okay, MLSs right now but it makes it cheaper for the vendors agreed 
No question. Right. All so, the vendors so, that develop technology to help us in our business or to compete against us, whatever it is, it's across the board, the goods and the bads. Well, the other thing is, is what they've said, if you've read up, uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you guys are here because we do all the reading and then we share it with you. But the, the other thing is, is because if you're a broker, you could have nine set. Basically, it's a it's a profit play for the brokers to push that because the larger brokers have to deal with too many. It's like, imagine trying to all the technology. Imagine if we had to take this podcast and convert it into 127 different languages. It wouldn't happen. Right. But that's what their argument is for the large brokers is, do you understand? That's what they're dealing with now. And that's why their, their brokerages profit at about 3%. And that's part of it is because of the, um, the amount of staff that you have to employ in order to translate the data to work with the systems that you've developed is high. And they're trying to get it standardized so that their costs go down so their profit can go up. But that's their, that let's go with that's the main reason why they're running forward with the flag. But there's a bunch of people that are in the wake of that of that point that, well, that it's, hope it it's happens. just change and change yes. causes consternation at every level. Um, but it's why we want to throw our hat in the ring. Cause we're like, wait a minute, hold on. There's somebody that's not being recognized in this fight. Who is that teams and elite agents? Because I don't think the brokers are gonna, yes, I, we're, the, we're the one that's the realtors are collecting the data. Yeah. Like there's no, there's, yeah. there, the, the, you know, I mean, uh, and I appreciate Michael words are bringing it up, but that point about aggregation is, you know, it's pretty hard not to, you know, reward the corn pickers, right? Like there's still like, I, you know, I love sports analogies. I know I'm, I, I'm trying to get to corn pickers. Which one was that? Was well, that the, was no, that no, the no, realtors? We're the realtors. Yeah. Got it. Like, like we're the, like the, we are in the, we are the, in the living rooms competing. I was just with, in there. I was just in the living room. Commissions. Yeah. Like we're competing with value. We're trying to bring value to our clients so that they hire us at the fees that we request. Right? Like we're in the trenches having those conversations about value, not the brokers, the agents. And that's where it's like, doesn't it just make sense to have that person that's in there that's the one that is determining what they get paid? Well, let me give you to, one stat. If they didn't value from that data, then they would continue to charge the consumer more money. And if this is a podcast about how we put the consumer first, part of our goal is if this data is so valuable that companies are willing to pay for it, we can then charge the consumers less if we take those listings. If you're a client, if you're a client first Realtor, you would charge. True. Obviously, less. some people are really like, great. I well, just feel my, I, I, mean, I just the, got a nicer car. But. but I think the realization is, is that if, you, you know, the. Eric's got his hand up. All, All right, right, Eric, go ahead. Eric, let me do this real quick. I want to get to your question. But first, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Are you an agent in the Phoenix metro area looking to join an elite team to help expand your business to the next level? Agents that apply our strategies grow their business by an average of 300% in their first year with the CBAC team. If you're interested in learning more about our leads, training, and marketing strategies, visit cboc.com careers today. That's S-I-B as in boy, B as in boy, A-C-H.com careers. And now back to the solution. Okay, you ready, Eric? Thank you for waiting so patiently. What is your question? 
Well, I've noticed that in the listings, I collect data from 31, all 31 cities in the Phoenix metro area and seven neighborhoods every month. I've been doing that for three and a half years. So I can like see Jeff the Seba. commissions. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay. He didn't mean to interrupt I you. Can, Go ahead. I can see that the commissions that are luxury and over a million dollars, more of those are still over 3%. But when you go below 600,000, two and a half now is the normal because it doesn't take a rocket scientist right now because of our such low levels of inventory to sell a house. We all agree with that. But yeah, and Eric, start getting into more specialized properties. Let's like just push pause on you for a second, Eric, because one of the things that I want to make sure we stay far away from is having any antitrust issues with there being normal commissions. Like this date, there is no such thing as a normal commission. When you go into a listing appointment, you negotiate for yourself and it is not standard, it is not set. So I don't want to even he was just go down that path. Data, but good, good I agree that we can report data, but how we talk about it, like I have been, I have been the fear of the Sherman Phil, antitrust. Phil's on the MLS Standards Committee and he has heard, uh, He's been warned. The fear of God. The God of God. I don't want to talk about standard. There's okay. no standard commission. All right, did, but did, but Eric, did you have a point. a point where well, you're going with it? Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying that you see more. There's more two and a half now cold broke than there was three years ago. That's for sure. Well, the, well, no, uh, we'll just go with this. Pressure on downward commission. Yeah, no, it's called commission compression, right. and it is occurring. So we'll just go with that. Great. And I don't yeah. think that anyone would disagree. And you threw out some specifics, but it's just, yes, we agree there is definite commission compression that is being exacerbated by the low supply. Because there is commission compression before, because what I, you know, to me, if you, you were in my meetings, so you remember the purple bricks and the homies and the low commission promotion, the and, low then, commission and then add in the eye buyers, the low commission companies that have millions of dollars to spend on marketing to change the consumer's minds of what it's like to sell a house. And then you 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 add in the iBuyer spend, which is now OfferPad, Opendoor, uh, Doug Hopkins, and Zillow promoting that it's so easy, you just click a button to sell your house. That also causes commission compression. Uh, you know, and we're just jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. So why are we here on commission compression? Well, I wanted to hear what Eric's point was. So no, I think that, that his point is that we're talking about lower commission because it's interesting that us realtors in the living rooms are the ones that are getting squeezed while the big companies that are using the data that we provide them are seem to be making more money well, now than before. Well, because, but I think it's because of the perceived guarantee commission offered to the buyer's agent. Obviously we heard that and uh, not realizing that that puts pressure on the listing agent's commission because the client wants lower commission. And if they have to guarantee a, that's there, that's why there's lawsuits about it is that part of it. It's, it's hard because you know, it, that was one of our conversations that we think that that's going to change, but that is really, it's hard because there's, here's what, here's what I, let me, let me back up for a second. The reason why we are, why we've announced Leopard, right? The National Association of Real Estate Teams is because we see that the agents that are in the living rooms are the head 
of the is it 17 trillion dollar 17 trillion dollar industry where we go into the conversations we're having meetings with the homeowners we take that data we put it into a system and then that creates a whole lot of business and profit for companies and we believe that us agents the elite performers should have a voice in what happens in right. with that data right that's so, the so, whole so, way we please, got to well, this. right so our argument is if you want to if you want to learn more about leopard just go to realestateleopard.com or go to facebook and put real estate leopard in um to check out our facebook page because that's where we're interested in hearing any feedback of anybody at any time regarding it but collectively we could control 50 percent of the listings and if we band together cross brokerage is the only way that we can get a voice so that we can make the demands because we have because to act our, together it, arm in arm we have to act together across the country and that's where we're at with this is because we're being ignored because we allow ourselves to be spread out yes the brokers are all these individual silos that then the brokers get together to figure out what the rules are of our industry and we're the agents like we see the mls data be more valuable when it's Ag aggregated together when you put all of the listings together it's worth more and that's what we're talking about from an elite agent standpoint is if the elite agents work together then we have more voice more power to have yes. change and i think i saw a hand up in the crowd all right eric yeah okay so but if if you're a buyer's agent and you're and you're doing specialty stuff like homes with an RV garage and then you start looking at land lots and you start looking at um, educating the consumers on how to get a construction loan, now you've entered a niche in where people will respect you and stay with you versus just being a three four hundred thousand in Southeast Gilbert or Sanchan Valley or Buckeye or wherever where any agent can sell that home or help them buy that home. But if you start specializing in certain areas of types of homes or you, you know where I'm getting yeah, from? Yeah, no, People you get the leverage. The value. You, but being see, a listing agent, what value does someone else have over somebody else? Just because like well, you guys sell lots of houses, but I'm an oh, individual agent. So what what makes me any different than you guys or vice versa? That's well, here, the problem. Great comment. So what you're and, and I couldn't agree more with Eric because what, what what's going to happen though is Eric is you're going to have the the credibility to be able to get them to sign a buyer broker agreement, right? Yeah. But the 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 point so that, that you bring you up negotiate your commissions regardless I, of the co broker offer. But the point that I think let me tell me if I heard you right. You said how do listing why does the listing agent Different value. Different value. He said they're all this. His right. comment was they're potentially right. all well, the same. Well, right. And I would just like to introduce my, that was my exact question in 2005 for myself was how am I going to differentiate myself as a realtor? And actually our goal, Phil knows this because we are part of it. In 2018 and 19, our goal was to sell as many houses as we could outside of MLS because if you relied on MLS as a listing agent, to me, you had less value to the consumer because then you really are just put it in MLS. Just put it in MLS. Right. So a computer can do would that. Would you agree if you didn't need the MLS to sell houses, then you actually were marketing the houses and then you would have more value than someone that's just relying on MLS? 
I see him nodding. I can't hear him because he's on mute, but I think he's agreeing with you, Jeff. Okay. Let's see if he'll unmute here. Eric, you're muted. Unmute. Yeah, sorry. Kenny Klaus even has his own company where he's doing, like he's acting like an iBuyer. So he's trying to compete against Open Door and OfferPad in his market down here in East Mesa and Santan Valley and so forth. Yeah, no. So, we but he's got deep pockets to do that kind of stuff. But I'm just thinking for a normal listing agent, what do we have? How can we how can we show the consumer what our value is versus somebody else? Uh, versus That's the game, man. Agent? That's, That's how is Coke problem. better than Pepsi? Yeah. That's the game. No, I mean to me, I I think the key. I'll throw out one thing, but it's not today's topic, so I'm gonna go to one. I think the key. I, my key was becoming a house expert and to point out to people things that could um, improve their house to get more money, like cosmetic things to improve. Uh, I, you know, so thank you for that, Eric. Bernadette, you had unmuted yourself. Did you have a comment? I know. Nope. You're good. Okay, great. All right. <coughs> maybe, okay, maybe so. she was just talking to her husband that came home. I saw that. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was, it was nice to have him join us as well. But the point is to um, rally the base, right? Like to rally the base yes. because we need to band together collectively yes. or we're not part of this conversation. So we're asking each of you, if you please go out and tell five friends, like to visit Real Estate Leopard, because if we can band together, if we can, because the other thing with Leopard is what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise the standards so that there's, you know, an actual standard in real estate because then we won't have to worry about it, Eric. Is people will be flowing to us because they'll know we're experts versus not being able to distinguish. I mean, obviously he made a point though of showing how he's differentiated himself to build value for his clients, and that's what it's about. Right. Amen. Well, I think so, that you hinted at standards, and maybe we get into them next week because it's not just one standard. We're talking about performance standards, training standards, talking about apprenticeship, talking about NPS scores or the consumer reviews. Like there's a list that we have put together because it's interesting, Jeff, that we all pay the same dues to to be a member of NAR, right? There's, yeah. Like we all pay the same amount of dues and we all technically get the same amount of services, but the majority of agents don't sell any houses. So the are, they, are, agents, are, are, are they getting robbed or are we? They are. In that analogy, because if we sell 500 houses and they sell so why zero, are you bitching? I'm just saying that it's interesting <laughs> that the rule, because the ones that are in charge are trying to make sure that they protect the zeros as well. And they are well, actually okay, are in the but, business of having more zeros. Well, because the, because the paying of MLS comes with the requirement, but it also means that they have the ability to recruit with that behind them. If you want to be a part of a brokerage, which gets you access to MLS, you have to sign up with a brokerage. Right. Yes. So they're, uh, yeah. So they're not in the business. The government is not in the business of reducing the number of licensees because they're dues, dues driven. NAR is not How in the business. How is the government making money? Do, how how is the ADRE? the licensing the licensing department? Oh, because they want to keep printing money off of the 
The, if they if they charge a dollar for a license and they have a hundred oh, licensees, they make a hundred dollars. Okay. If they've got well, ten thousand licensees, is that why they don't? Is they that ten thousand? So, so I didn't realize that. So that so you're saying that eighty percent, eighty seven percent failure rate in the industry, the state doesn't care because they actually make money off of new agents and new licenses. Because when we renew our license, does the state make money? I don't know. Maybe do we have to pay money to renew our license? We got to pay money to go to school. I assume we do. I don't know the answer. To so that. they might get the, oh, you got to pay to go to school. No, but they might get to, they might get money so out of the school. The only licensing fee that we pay is an origination. I don't remember. Bernadette, do you remember? Does anyone know that? Bernadette knows. It takes the license money and it goes into the general account, and they get to use that money, and they give our real estate department only a stipend of that money. Exactly. So when we have more real, more real estate licensees in the state of Arizona, that funds the other projects that the state of Arizona needs to pay for. That doesn't just go to real estate services. So yeah, the government is set up to have more licenses so that they can make more money. NAR is set up to have more licenses so, so we're that gonna they can have make more to, money. We're gonna have so, to supply, <clears throat> we're gonna have to pay them some other way, or they're not gonna change the rules. Let's just let's just be honest with government is right. Like they're they they're broke. The idea of amount of business that you do to create a variable fee, right? Like it potentially could cost guys like us that have 546 transactions a lot more money. Because what if we had to pay $10 per transaction to the I, state I would be, as opposed I, to I, just I, a license that's equal whether you do business or not? I would welcome it because it would reduce the competition, right? So yeah. to me, there's more harm that's done to the consumer because there's no standard and anyone can serve them. And that I think we've uncovered something new that I did not think about. And that is there's benefits to some people for new licensing. Cause I, I was thinking it was all, you know, cause NAR benefits from new licensing as well. Like that, that, yeah, whole, that, that training in the, that, that house that burned down around your corner that had three fire trucks at it, maybe partly paid for by your license, man. How do you know that? <laughs> What? I don't know. Maybe tax dollars because it's it goes into the general fund, the general fund for Arizona that pays for potholes. Like I don't know what the, what does the general fund pay for? That's not this podcast. All right, that's a different one. I mean everything. <laughs> everything exactly. Eric, yeah, Jeff, you made an excellent point. Um, I I just spent about a hundred grand remodeling my house last year, and I have just a little bit left to do. But making videos like three, four, five minute videos about baseboards or about led chandeliers or about a kitchen or about master bathroom and shower people are going to look at us with value that way and then we can stand out as listing agents because we've helped them build value in their home yeah so i got one this afternoon in the future they will use us yes no i i mean the thing is in the future they are going to use us and but i have a listening appointment this afternoon and he was wanting to know what to do to improve his house to get more money and that was a video that i created and Yes. Good point, Eric. All right. So, Jeff, let me hear it. What's the answer? Are we going to be able to get paid for adding our listings to MLS? Only if we band together. We will not get paid. We'll be ignored. Because the reason why we're piping off with this outlandish podcast saying that, damn it, we deserve to get paid more. Well, everybody thinks we should be getting paid less because of commission compression. But the reality is, is I just want to be paid for the work that we do. And we're giving more, the elite agents give more 
to the run the system. We, we, we we're involved in 87% of the production, right? So meanwhile, all these other people, they're just, we're, we're funding something that then creates more competitors to compete against the ones that do it and, and devalue us. And then if we band together, we can create change. Yes, Bernadette. If you remember about 15 years ago, that's when NAR first sold us out. Ooh, is that when they sold uh, realtor.com? Is that what you're referring that to? That was what I was referring to, Bernadette. Which, in 2006, Remax, that was the, his guy said it is his. What's hers? No, ask her. What, what is it? What did they do? Well, they sold us out to all these other different companies. And uh, how so? They opened up our data sets. We put our listings in there and then we got to go buy them back. Hmm. Interesting. That's what you're actually doing is buying back your own listing. And there was a group of brokers 15 years ago that tried to argue with NAR and they just couldn't get the other brokers here to get behind them. Yeah, and I, I think that the reason is, is because brokers need to be able to offer MLS to new agents to sell their houses because a new agent doesn't have any money to invest in marketing and that they want they want to be able to have MLS to send it out because they don't care that as long as their house sells we're good right but that takes the that takes the pressure off the agent to have value because the value is MLS but I don't think that that's articulated in the, the living rooms that the majority of people rely to stick it in but unfortunately if that became public then lots of people would be broke all right thank you guys for tuning into our podcast today thank you for joining us in the live studio audience and thanks for the feedback it was great to uh eric hudson we haven't heard from him do you got something to say eric oh. Yeah, oh, the, the other thing. Uh, the other the Eric. Oh, hold on, other Eric, Eric, Eric just pulled his mic down. We appreciate your feedback very much. Oh, okay. I want to hear <laughs> that. We got a new visitor. The, I want the other Eric to tell us he's going to bring an arcade game to the potluck. No, I do not have anything to add to it. What did he say? No, nothing to add. All right. Well, I don't have anything to add today. All right. Okay. Good to see All you right. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.